Welcome to Cat Talk Radio with your host, Molly DeVos. Molly is a cat expert and certified feline training and behavior specialist. With her expertise and her guests, you'll learn how to interpret and control behavior issues with your cat, how to entertain and converse with them, and keep up on the latest feline news around the world. Now, here is Molly DeVos. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Cat Talk Radio. I'm your host, Molly DeVos. And today's podcast is something I get asked a lot. How do I get my cat to like strangers and visitors who come into my home? That's a good one. Very good question. And um, today, we're going to answer that for you. Me and my handsome husband, comedic sidekick, Dewey Vaughn. (laughs) Hi, my beautiful love. And hello to all of those cat fans in the big cat world out there. We really appreciate you tuning in. And boy, today's topic, I just can't relate um, because, you know, I don't think we've ever had a Frady cat. Mm-mm. Pico, our cat now, he goes running up whenever the doorbell rings and, and he greets everyone with <laughs> with his cool little butt bump he he gets up on two <laughs> legs and kind of bunts butts people in the butt and then rubs all over their legs but i guess that may be an exception is that right yeah and and you know i don't well we have a couple friends with cats who go run hiding when we go over but for the most part um you know most of our friends cats are are comfortable around strangers too and and that's probably because a lot of them uh, were fosters of mine at one point or another but but you know it it's it 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 blah, blah, find the words molly find the words <laughs> so you know if a cat's not used to strangers coming in the home right you don't have a lot of people come over and that kind of stuff and you know and remember it's it's kind of not in their nature in general either because cats are homebodies they're very territorial and anything that's not part of the daily routine is going to be perceived as invasive. So why is it that Pico, our cat, is so comfortable with strangers, you know, being in our home? Well, because, you know, they say that 30% of a cat's personality is made up of genetics. And that includes you know, their sensitive development period, and it includes their history in terms of are they are they descendants of feral cats and things like that. So in that sensitive development period from like three to seven weeks, it's really a short window, you know, they get conditioned as a young kitten. And, and you know, Pico, thankfully, was was fostered by someone who had a lot of activity in the house, lots of other animals and things like that. So, and of course, by the when we got him, we continued that. But, you know, COVID has actually kept us from doing as much as usual and having as many people over as we normally would. You know, normally we'd have big parties once a month, but you know, last year and a half or so, that hasn't really happened. And and that's pretty much how old he is. So, 
you know, thankfully, we've managed to keep him as socialized as we have. And, and so, but I, I'd say to answer your question in Pico's case, I think it was that that sensitive development period, that that good fostering that he got when he was a little kitten to expose him to a lot of activity and not be afraid of it. Because you know what they're not exposed to in that time? They're afraid of later because they're seeing it for the first time. Now, of course, you can... You can gradually desensitize and you can counter condition their feelings about something that's scary later in life that they weren't exposed to. Um, so I'm not saying, you know, it's a lost cause if your cat never saw dogs in the sensitive development period. It's never going to like dogs and always be afraid of them. I'm not saying that at all. You've just got more work cut out for you in getting that cat to, you know, be accustomed to that thing that it hasn't ever been exposed to before. Okay, so if someone's cat is beyond that sensitivity development period, as you mentioned, can they still get them to like visitors after that? Yeah, and that's, you know, it's kind of what I just said. It's that kind of falls in the counter conditioning arena. And so counter conditioning basically is pairing a scary stimulus, which is ah, somebody new at the door, to something they like, which, you know, could be anything. High-value treat, usually, you hope your cat's food motivated. That makes that process a lot easier. We like to use deli turkey. Um, baby food works well. Chicken and chicken broth, baby food only, not any of that other types of baby food. And um, we love the lick and lap. You know, it's a little squeeze tube treat. Most cats just go crazy over it. So I like to use that or whatever your cat's favorite treat is. It is good to try to find something that's unique. So, you know, if your cat likes temptations, I wouldn't use that for this. Try to use something really unique that they've, you know, that they've never that I've never had before or that's a real special thing. Maybe it's canned tuna or chicken or something like that. So basically, we're pairing a scary stimulus with something wonderful to counter the conditioned response, which is fear. So we're going to try to change that fear, give that cat a paradigm shift from being afraid of that to expecting something really wonderful with that scary stimulus. Okay, so how do we begin counter, countering their condition to strangers? Well, we want to start with the first sign that a visitor is coming, and that's usually the doorbell, right? Or maybe if you have a gravel driveway like we do, it's the sound of someone driving up. You know, it might even be before they ever get to the doorbell. Could be footsteps walking up the sidewalk to the doorbell. Whatever that sound is, because it's usually a sound because the person's outside and the cat can't see them. Whatever that sound is, you want to start with that sound. So let's assume that it's the doorbell. Well, first thing we want to do is is clicker train the cat to the doorbell sound, right? So what we're going to do is we're going to stand at the door <laughs> or have someone else stand outside the door and ring the doorbell. And as soon as the doorbell is rung, we're going to give the cat its favorite treat. And we're going to keep doing that. We're going to pair that doorbell sound with the favorite treat. Ding dong, got my treat. Ding dong, got my treat. 
over and over again so that it begins to associate, oh, great, that doorbell rings and I get a treat. Now, you might have to start like ways away from the door so it doesn't just go running before you have a chance to even deliver the treat. Start, you know, way back from it and then lure the cat with the treat closer to the door every time the doorbell rings and continue that in many sessions. You're not going to get there in one session. You got to, that's step one and you want to do that first. All right. Because, because the cat already has you're starting at that auditory place where the cat already has a predisposed negative response to the sound right so again if it's car pulling up if it's footsteps if it's doorbell whatever that sound is you need to create it and give the cat a treat create it give the cat a treat immediately when they're hearing it so that's step one okay well if we're successful at getting the cat to respond to the bell like we do with feeding Pico, and every time we feed Pico, we have a little bell like you would see at <laughs> back in the day at some hotel where you go, ding, Empty Arms Hotel. I remember that on, <laughs> what was that, Hee-Haw. Hee-Haw used to have that, you know, <laughs> ding, Empty Arms Hotel, I can help you, you know. Anyway, we have a little bell like that, and so... You know, when we feed Pico, we ring that and he associates that to his feeding. And so he'll come running. So I think we we've kind of successfully done that in in that situation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So if the cat is responding to the doorbell by expecting a treat every time it rings, how do you keep them from running away when they're at the door? The door's open and a stranger is standing there like, oh, whoa, I get the doorbell. But oh, my God, there's somebody standing there. They leave. Yeah. Okay, so that that's stage two. And I want to say that what that example that you used with Pico is actually, you know, classical conditioning. So that's like Pavlov's theory. Everybody's heard about that where, you know, we are pairing a, a neutral response, right? So the cat doesn't have a particular feeling other than, hey, it's great, I'm getting fed, right? There isn't there isn't a negative feeling with food. So you're putting the food down, you're ringing the, the ding for the bell so that then he begins to associate the food with the bell. So if he ever gets out, you know, we can take that little service bell outside and ding it and hopefully he'll come, come running back. Whereas counter conditioning, which is what we're doing here, is actually changing that cat's feelings to something it already has a negative association with, like strangers coming over, stranger danger, run, hide. Yeah, hello. So, right. So that's kind <laughs> of the, the differences in the behavior modification techniques with class conditioning and counter conditioning. So we're counter conditioning here. So step two, after the cat is comfortable with the doorbell or approaching stranger sound, right? And, and by the way, if it is like a car walking up footsteps and then the doorbell, then you've got to do that in repetitive sessions right so once a cat gets conditioned to the first scary thing then you move to the second scary thing so let's assume that that's you know the person um coming into the door and you want to condition near the door but you know you don't obviously you don't want the cat to to dart out so be careful but it's the same procedure so you need to role play with someone at the door you know 
ideally it's a familiar person. Like if you, if it were us, you have two people in the house. So, you know, the doorbell rings, the cat shouldn't now be coming running to the doorbell because the doorbell becomes the cue, the auditory cue that a treat is coming. So the cat comes to the door, you open the door, the cat probably stops and goes, whoa, wait a minute, where's my treat? Somebody scary's coming in. And then you want to make sure that the person coming in has that treat, right? So the person comes in and lets the cat sniff them and gives them the treat. And you need to make sure, you know, go slow. You don't want that person reaching for the cat or making scary gestures for the cat or anything like that. In fact, you know, studies have been done that cats actually gravitate naturally to people who are allergic to them. And so I thought, well, what's that about? And it's because allergic or scared. And and that's because those people's body language is different than those of us who want to go up and pet every cat we see because they're avoiding eye contact. They're usually kind of standing to the side like, no, 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 don't, don't look at me. Don't come get me. And cats actually feel much more confident and comfortable around those people than they do the people who are staring at them and reaching for them. So pretend like you're an allergic person as a as a visitor. Tell your visitors, yeah, come in, kind of coach them as they're standing there. Don't reach for the cat. Let him come up and sniff you and, you know, and and put your hand down, maybe bend down, put your hand down there, but don't reach for the cat. If the cat comes, sniffs your hand, rubs in your hand or something, that's great. But don't you make the first attempt. So have your visitor, same thing, give the cat a treat and do that repetitively. Like say, okay, now step out, let's do it again. So person steps out, rings the doorbell, cat should come running, person comes in, gives the cat the treat so that the cat begins to make a positive association with a person coming in the door, first with the sound of the person approaching and then with the person coming in the door. So what about behavior cases you, you get where the cat is attacking the visitor with no apparent reason? Yeah, and I, surprisingly, I get a lot of those. And I always say just because the reason isn't apparent to you doesn't mean that it isn't there. You know, and it's usually fear is why a cat attacks visitors or strangers it doesn't know. Maybe that person smells like other animals. Maybe that person was reaching for them inappropriately or staring and holding a gaze. You know, that's a very confrontational gesture with cats, with each other. They stare when they're getting ready to to attack. So they don't like it when we stare at them. You know, tell your guests to ignore the cat just as if it's not there. Let the cat come up by himself. Let him do the sniffing. Don't look and don't reach. You know, that's that's very, very, very important for that. And, you know, yeah, it's just you got to you got to tell your guests, you know, don't don't look at him. Don't look at him. Kind of turn a shoulder towards the cat. So your body is is not straight on big and scary you know you're kind of facing the cat sideways so that you look smaller um yeah so make sure that your guests are are very aware of non-confrontational body positions and gestures to cats okay but 
if they have a cat or dog at home, you're not really going to keep a fresh change of clothes on hand for them to change out. So that way you, your cat's not scared or, you know, yeah. So, yeah, you gotta, ideally you got to do some kind of work here. Otherwise the people are coming in, changing clothes. I mean, yada, yada, yada. <laughs> you know, I did have a case once where, um, a, a girl had a cat and the, had a boyfriend and the boyfriend would come over to hang out and he had a cat at home and the, her cat would smell his clothes and then attack him. And so I did have them actually, she had this nice little closet right by the front door. I did have him keep a fresh set of clothes that were laundered there and kept there at the door. And so as soon as he hit the door, he changed clothes before he came in and greeted the cat. It was very funny, and and that actually worked very well. So, but wow, you probably really don't want all of your visitors, you know, stripping down at the door <laughs> and changing clothes. Are you and saying you, you want some to do that and others not to? What's up with that? Okay, different conversation. I, I, I think it might have might have might have sparked some interest in there little boyfriend girlfriend relationship to having him you know drop yeah. a trowel at the door yeah, every time yeah. <laughs> but you know you you're probably not going to keep a closet of clothes outside and you know buzz your guests and say okay change before you come in no you're right that's not um that's not ideal but if you do determine that that's the trigger you know, you could you could scent your guests as they come in, you know, be sure to use safe scents, you know, refer to a, we have a podcast on that, scents and cats, dangers of scents and cats. So, I mean, you could even do catnip, you know, take catnip, rub it all over them, you know, or rub the yeah. cat's bed. Splash them know? with cat litter. Splash, splash. <laughs> yeah, here, let me throw some <laughs> of my cat's <laughs> used cat litter on you so it smell like no not like that like you could take the cat's bed you know like that soft bed we have a picos that he sleeps on near the window we could take that bed and you could just kind of rub it on them of course you're gonna be rubbing yeah, cat hair stick your head right in the bed let me just that. rub your hair with the bed yeah i get it but you can take a towel and rub it along the cat's, you know, side of the cat's face. So it picks up their pheromones and then rub it on the person's arms and legs kind of down at cat level. Um, you know, so that that's, uh, you know, on the knee down. Knee down is obviously biggest issue. You know, maybe have guests leave their shoes outside or at the door, right? Because, you know, that's probably where most of that scent is coming from that they're picking up in their own home with other animals. So those are some okay. ideas. That is that is probably some of the wildest stuff I think we've ever talked about on <laughs> trying to educate a cat and new people. That is just probably the craziest stuff. <laughs> anyway, I'm just I'm just imagining being that person coming over to visit. Oh my God, stick my head in your bed kind of thing. I mean, throw a cat litter at you. Oh, let me go ahead and throw some uh, other stuff at you so the cat dislikes you better, but I can't those imagine. are really good friends. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Those are people that really want to come see you. Other people just say, hey, well, let's just sit outside or, you know, let's meet at a restaurant. Forget <laughs> the cat. <laughs> I can just imagine being attacked by the cat. Um, I wouldn't trust the, the scent to work, to be honest. I mean, because I'm thinking, you know, if I got to go through all of this just to get the cat to like me, I mean, yeah, I can see where you're 
your uh, situation where the boyfriend's coming over all the time and having an issue. Now he he's he's got a whole nother reason to be there. But you know, just friends coming over to visit for thirty forty minutes an hour or so, or coming over to have dinner. You know, I don't want to smell like a cat if I got to go somewhere and stick my head in the bed or you know i didn't say head i said knees down <laughs> okay well still even that i mean for gosh sakes i mean that's but yeah and, and if you have a cat that is known to attack strangers also keep wand toys at the door and give that person coming in a wand toy you know, which is exactly the next step in the process. You know, once you have the cat conditioned to expect good things when a stranger arrives, then continue that for the whole time the person is there. Give them the wand toy to play with the cat. You know, and I, I've done this lots of times where you're just sitting there flicking the wand toy and making it go around the table so that the cat is, you know, prey playing with the stranger while you're talking. You know, this this gives them a way to divert the cat's attention to something positive and appropriate, you know, and it's also continuing counter conditioning because the cats love to pray play. So it's like now this stranger, then this thing I'm afraid of, oh, look, it's got a toy. Oh, look, it's playing with me. So it's continuing to, to do that counter conditioning process. You know, I did this just the other day. We have a, I had a behavior case a lady is fostering a cat and she says he's biting he's so aggressive he's biting she was hoping to adopt him and she said you know but i'm thinking about returning him because i i'm older and i can't have all these bites and i've already you know had to go to the hospital and get antibiotics and i can't make him stop so i went over i tried to coach her virtually but it wasn't working so i went over to see what was going on firsthand i walk in the door and i have a consult bag now it's got lots of catnip and stuff like that so i walk in the door i stop i put my bag down and i stood there and she and i were talking and this cat comes up lovely lovely sleek beautiful black cat he comes up and he's young. It's like a year and a half or so. Comes up and he's smelling my bag, sniff, 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 sniff. And he keeps glancing up at me while he's smelling the bag, looks at me, smells bag, looks at me. So I reached down and presented a knuckle, all right? I didn't have open hands, which are scarier. So I had my fingers curled in and presented my index finger knuckle. He sniffed it and then went back to sniffing the bag. I stood there, I talked some more. I saw him sniffing the bag and, you know, looking at me. And so then I thought, well, I want to see where this cat's threshold is. So then I reached with an open hand to rub the side of his face and he bit me. And, you know, I could see it coming. So basically his tooth, you know, kind of just grazed my skin. I, I saw it coming, so I, I removed my hand. So I told her, okay, I, I can see, you know, clearly he bit me quickly. And... um Let's go in and sit down where we can talk and observe him further. So I pick up my bag and I'm following her from this door into the living room. And he attacks, he latches onto the back of my leg while I'm walking and attacks, wraps, you know, all four paws along and tries to bite me. Well, I'm, you know, I come to consults prepared. So I had long pants and boots on. So he, you know, he certainly didn't hurt me, but I was like, okay. So I ignored that and went and sat down and I immediately got out a wand toy and got him playing and he loved it. And he was chasing it around and, and he didn't bite me again, didn't attempt to bite me again. But of course the whole rest of that time, 
I didn't reach out for him. Clearly, that's a trigger. So I didn't reach out for him. And I used that wand toy to move him around because I knew once I wore him out that, you know, he would calm down and and not be scared. And also, I'm playing with him. I tossed some treats. He wasn't interested. Some cats are. But the toy was the big thing with him. So it works. And, you know, as far as how that story ended, that's another behavior case of an aggression sort that isn't really related to making cats like strangers, but I was able to successfully be there for another hour or so and had no problem whatsoever with the cat, primarily due to the wand toy. So the wand toy is very powerful and something you need to arm your guests with. You know, uh, listening to that story, I could just imagine myself, you're so good at what you do and how you do it and how you approach it. I mean, I would show up with a whip and chair and then one of those night suits that are solid metal clinking you know, <laughs> in going, all right, cat, let's do this. You know, I mean, uh, I would be much more prepared than, you know, a little bag and a wand toy. <laughs> You are far better at this than than I. I just couldn't take that kind of stuff. So, I mean, bless you for what you do for sure. And I know a lot of people would agree with that. So, I mean, that's really that's really going into the lion's den to, you know, <laughs> try to re re yeah. you know, re-educate him or something. Okay, so to recap, step one is to make the cat have a positive association with the doorbell ring and sound. Then to expect all of your visitors to have treats in hand, <laughs> changed clothes, wand toys, suits of armor, and yada yada, you know, and, and then come in for tea and crumpets. You know? right. <laughs> so, no, oh, that's how we. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you want to 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 have them have a positive association with the auditory sounds of a visitor approaching and you do that, you know, either clicker training or just simple positive association, doorbell treat, doorbell treat, doorbell treat. And then person comes in, treat, person comes in, treat over and over and over. So they begin to just get used to that with everybody. And, you know, just keep the treats by the front door, you know, make a little shelf up where the cat can't reach it, of course, or something like that and put the treats by the door. So whoever comes, you go here, handful of treats, toss one to the cat. If the cat's afraid, don't reach down and try to expect the cat to take the treat from your hand. Toss the treat if you have a hard treat. That's kind of why I like the lick and lap because it's about a five inch tube. So it gives you a little bit of distance between your hand and the cat's mouth if that should go that way. But keep those treats by the front door. It's just it's easier on everybody. And don't worry about changing the clothes. <laughs> Either scent the clothes as they come in. You know, the other thing is you can get, just get catnip, rub their legs with catnip <laughs> when they come in. Oh I, know, my God. I can just see the visual. You're <laughs> Okay, yeah. wait, before you come in, let me rub yeah. you down with catnip. Yeah, we're going to have to build, on the new house we're building, we're going to have to build a whole room dedicated to people coming in. <laughs> and I could just see like one of those laboratories where chemicals on the other side and they're having to put a whole suit of armor on and, you a know, vestibule. respirators and all of it is doused with kitty stuff all over it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's really going to have a lot of people coming back. <laughs> I can see that. 
Do you have any other tips to share with us? <laughs> Getting cats to visit, you know, to like visitors besides uh, the whole suit up thing. Well, I, you know, again, the most important thing is to ask your guests to to respect your cat's space and not want to prove how great they are with cats. You know, that happens a lot. Oh, all cats like me. And, you know, then they're they're pushing the cat beyond a comfort zone. Make sure you ask them, you know, just don't reach for them. Let them let them approach you on their own. Provide lots of high spaces for your cat so that they can, you know, comfortably get up and away when they need to, but still keep an eye on things. You know, like we have the a wall bed for Pico and he sleeps up there and, and watches. And when he's comfortable, he comes down. And if he's not, he'll watch the guests from up there and that's okay. He doesn't have to come down when he doesn't want to. So make sure they have lots of options, they being the cats, not the visitors, <laughs> to get up and away and out of reach of people they don't want to interact with. You know, this kind of makes me feel like we should get, you know, something like a cheetah or some sort of mountain lion. And then, you know, people would understand and get the whole reason why you want to have this kind of thing with your cat. But this, we're talking about cute little kittens and kitties that are like this. And, you know, it's hard to imagine we would need to put a placard at the front door like people do with their dogs and go beware of cat. <laughs> <laughs> well, and a lot you of know. cats are just, you know, a, a lot of people tell me when people come over, my cat runs and hides. And I go, okay, and what's wrong with that? You know, and I think they, yeah. what they're really wanting is the cat to be somebody they're not. I want a cat like Pico that drops yeah. up to the door and butt butts everybody. You know, yeah. it's like, but not really? all cats are going to be like that. And so yeah. just like not all people are extroverts, you know, if your cat is scared of people, then, you know, as long as it's not causing a problem, then let them hang out under the bed when strangers come. It's okay. You know, they don't have to be something they're not. But if you really do want to change that or your cat is aggressive, then this system is the best way to do that. I'm glad you said that. So next time we have visitors, I go run and hide in the bed. You won't be worried. I'm just going to say, you said that on the podcast. It's okay. <laughs> so I'm going to be in here. You take care of the visitors and I'll see you later. <laughs> yeah, because you're not social at all. <laughs> no, no, I don't know. You know, and I like the fact that Pico has his perch way up there because it does, it does seem like you know, he, you know, we, what, what we did was have little steps on the wall and then he's got his perch way up, probably 10 foot up and he gets up there in that bed and he can look over the whole crowd. He feels safe up there. You know, he keeps an eye on everything and comes down if he wants to, you know, and he just, it's a very good, safe place for him. And, and he's somewhat interactive. At least people can look up there and see him, <laughs> you know, he's not hiding somewhere. But, you know, I like the way that is and what we did. So I want to tell everybody that, you know, Molly, as this story unfolded and, and how I would cringe at most of the things that she does when she does do them, I'd like to invite all of our listeners to help support the work that Molly does. She provides these resources for free. She works many behavior cases for low-income families and does just about anything to keep cats out of shelters and that's what's important here to most people uh is you know not only you know the the concern is you get a cat and then it, you have behavior issues and she steps in and helps you with those behavior issues and a lot of times 
as she has mentioned in here, she's educating the people as much as she is working with the behaviors of the cat. So that's very important. And she does a great job doing that because, you know, I would just have a truckload of, you know, whips and chairs and things. And she, <laughs> she walks in with a bag, <laughs> with a bag and a wand toy and takes on any kind of behavior. So, <laughs> so if you also care about the plight of shelter cats, consider sending us a gratuity donation. It's super easy. Just go to the store, Cat Behavior Solutions website, scroll down past the products to the bottom. There are donation amounts you can add to your cart. And don't, don't scroll down past the products. Don't listen to him. Okay. Go ahead and pick up some toys for your cat while you're there. Go ahead and get that new wand toy. We have two really cool ones. We have one now that's got a super long fleece on the end and you know like it's a big giant like 50 inch uh strip of fleece and that's actually what i used with that cat that day because it goes really far so and they're they're cheap they're really inexpensive so get some of those get food puzzles um which we're actually going to be talking about in our next podcast get those catnip bags that the cats go crazy for in in my consult bag they're they're chocked full of catnip and it's free shipping for orders over $49. So, you know, if you if you stock up 30 bucks worth of stuff for your cat, go ahead and add a $10 donation and you'll get your shipping for free. Be sure to find us on Facebook, like us, share with your friends. We're trying to build those likes. Follow us on Instagram. Check out our blog on the site if you want some other tidbits and informations. And this is an all-volunteer-based podcast. Believe it or not, I don't pay Dewey for his humor. <laughs> <laughs> he and you get what you pay for. He's <laughs> kind enough to help me. And uh, I don't draw a salary. There's no income at all for us out of Cat Behavior Solutions or Cat Talk Radio. It just costs us to to keep this podcast on the air. So you know, your support is much, much, much appreciated. You know, our whole goal is to increase that bond between you and your cat, and we're going to keep doing it as long as shelter, shelter euthanasia, euthanasia is the, is number, the number one, one cause, cause of death, death and death. And death and cats. <laughs> <laughs> what did you say? Death and vets? And vets. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Not the vets. No, no, we got it. We love the vets. So until next time, everybody keep calm and purr on. Goodbye, everybody. You can be a cat lifesaver by helping to keep us on the air. In the U.S., about 10 cats per hour are euthanized in shelters due to behavior issues. Through this educational radio show, behavior consultations, seminars, and articles, Cat Behavior Solutions intercepts cat behavior problems in the home, reducing the number of cats who are surrendered to shelters. Make a donation at catbehaviorsolutions.com. That's catbehaviorsolutions.com. Looking for products that address specific cat behavior issues? On our website, cattalkradio.com, you'll find things that will create enrichment in the environment for your cat. Toys that will reduce boredom, the world's best and safest nail clippers, and much more. All proceeds support our mission, reducing the number of cats surrendered to shelters. Stop by the site and pick up a few tips and tidbits for your cat today. Visit cattalkradio.com and look for The Behavior Shop. Thanks. 
Thanks for tuning in to Cat Talk Radio. Please join your host, Molly DeVos, for another episode of the program on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, go make a connection with your feline friend.